For me personally, a crucial element of the museum is the human connection it offers. For both our visitors and importantly our researchers, the museum has a very different potential interaction with our history. It is a place of conversations, of shared experiences and knowledge, crucially of shared narratives. You are listening to To Preserve and Protect Contemporary Issues in Irish Cultural Heritage, a podcast series from the Royal Irish Academy, funded by the Heritage Council. To listen back to other episodes in the series, check out the page on the Royal Irish Academy's website at ria.ie. Lynn Scarf is Director of the National Museum of Ireland. Her podcast is entitled Is Contemporary Collecting a Risky Business? Current Practice and Future Questions at the National Museum of Ireland. The origins of the National Museum of Ireland date to the foundation of its forerunner, the Dublin Science and Art Museum, in 1877. At that time, and up until the early 20th century, collecting of contemporary art and design, both national and international, was an important aspect of collections policy. Some examples of contemporary art acquired by the museum during the last decades of the 19th century include Glass by Émile Gallet and François-Eugène Rousseau of France and Louis Comfort Tiffany of the United States. In ceramics, the acquisition of work by Jolnay of Hungary was also made. This situation changed somewhat on Irish independence in 1922, and from that decade on, the policy of the museum turned almost exclusively to that of historical collecting of Irish decorative arts. However, in 2003, discussions began, pioneered by our head keeper of decorative arts and history, Dr. Audrey Whitty. These conversations between the National Museum of Ireland and the Design and Crafts Council of Ireland led to the establishment of an annual purchase fund to enhance collecting by the Museum of Irish Contemporary Design and Craft. The following year, 2004, the first purchases were made and although jointly acquired, will remain under the ownership and care of the National Museum of Ireland. The significance of a national versus state collection, one can argue, is one of curatorship, conservation and posterity. The work selected as part of the collection of contemporary design and craft illustrate the best of Irish makers both at home and abroad and their work is seen as particularly significant for a variety of reasons, whether that is because it is of exceptional artistic quality, originality of technique, or innovative interpretation of traditional disciplines. Some recently acquired examples of Irish design that are on display include a newly commissioned piece, Circulus, by the ceramic artist Isabel Egan. While the establishment of this fund and the collecting of new works of contemporary art and design is largely influenced by the expertise of our curators and the quality and significance of the work, contemporary collecting, when it is in reference to artefacts of potential political, social or cultural significance, requires some different thinking. This offers us an opportunity to think about our broader policy around contemporary collecting at our National Museum and thoughts for the future particularly in relation to the kind of museum we want to be, one that is open, accessible and diverse, a place of excellent research and compelling visitor experiences, and crucially, in this year of European cultural heritage, a place that tells the many stories of our country and its people in a global context, doing this through opportunities for people to participate in events, education programmes, 
or ultimately through the curation of elements of our exhibition program itself. Two recent experiences at the National Museum of Ireland provide a different lens through which to consider the question of contemporary collecting. The first is still running, and that is the National Treasures exhibition at our Museum of Country Life in Turlock Park, County Mayo. National Treasures was a partnership delivered by RTE, the National Museum of Ireland and the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. It began life as an online campaign to crowdsource everyday objects that explore the history of the island of Ireland over the past 100 years. Four roadshows were held in each of the provinces over a period of weeks and the public were invited to bring their objects, to meet with experts and crucially to tell the stories connected to the objects in their possession. The stories ranged from the humorous to the tragic, while the objects spanned the beautiful to the peculiar, all however were compelling. Primarily because they offered a moment for collective reflection and held up a mirror to a particular set of social, cultural and political norms of a time. They stirred memories and conversations. People talked and asked, do you remember when? National Treasures was a huge success in my mind because it achieved three crucial elements. Primarily, it connected with its audience, making links between our more recent past and how it had shaped the present. It also offered opportunities for people to genuinely participate by bringing their own objects, family heirlooms and or perceived junk into a more public discourse. And finally, it was surprising through both the objects on display, but also the stories that were told and the people who told them. Crucially, it was not an exclusive experience. This was culture for all, while still not necessarily reflective of the more multicultural society Ireland has since become, it was accessible, agile, nimble and responsive. There has been much discussion over the last 20 years following the turn of the century of what the vision of a 21st century museum is. Broadly, there is recognition that the key policies and practice of museums developed in the late 19th century and still continue through the 20th are no longer really fit for purpose. While we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, we do need to consider the role of the museum in this post-digital age, and in turn, how that impacts on what the museum collects and how it manages its collection. For me personally, a crucial element of the museum is the human connection it offers. For both our visitors and importantly our researchers, the museum has a very different potential interaction with our history than that afforded by a computer screen and informative database. It is a place of conversations, of shared experiences and knowledge, crucially of shared narratives. It is emotional, tactile, comes with smells and aesthetics. National Treasures demonstrated the public's hunger for these kinds of experiences. But what does that mean for how we collect and curate at the museum? Leaving that question in your mind to simmer for a moment, let me turn to the second recent experience in the National Museum, which has shone a light on contemporary collecting, specifically in the form of rapid response collecting. My very first day as the new director of the National Museum of Ireland was the Monday after the 8th referendum had been successfully repealed. Personally, I am an ardent supporter of repealing the 8th and felt deeply the significance of the extensive voter turnout and the size of the yes vote across the country. 
While meeting some of my new colleagues in our decorative arts and history division, I arrived just as discussion on the collecting of banners for the yes and no sides were underway. The museum was reaching out, collecting the posters and banners that were the backdrop to this crucial moment of change in Irish society. Our curator, Brenda Malone, puts it well, and I quote her here in an article for the New York Times on the 18th of June, who had picked up the story. Very early on in the campaign, I realised we needed to collect these banners, Miss Malone said in a telephone interview. They spoke so strongly. They're so creative and witty, she said, adding that a personal favourite read, get your rosaries off my ovaries. Miss Malone said the banner seemed to show how quickly social attitudes in Ireland were changing. I think rapid response collecting is one of the most exciting things a curator can do, Miss Malone said. It's current and you get to go out there into the community and there is a real opportunity for Irish people to say, this is what we want remembered. I think it is really what makes a national museum relevant today. And so for me, here lies the really interesting and somewhat tricky bit. While we have broadly acknowledged how the visitor experience in our museums and cultural spaces has needed to evolve in this post-digital era, to be more connected to our audience, participative in nature, transdisciplinary, taking thematic as opposed to chronological approaches, and indeed offering more opportunities for greater depth of experience, or as I liken it, depth on demand, where a visitor who wishes to navigate the collection purely for its aesthetic appeal can do so alongside another visitor who cares deeply about the greater context of each object. However, we have not yet seen or fully processed how this translates into our collections policy, and in turn, how that may impact our existing collections and research. The VNA Rapid Response Collecting, introduced in 2014, does connect into their overall museum policy, and they note, Rapid Response Collecting was introduced in 2014 as a new type of collecting activity at the VNA. Contemporary objects are acquired in response to major moments in recent history that touch the world of design and manufacturing. Many of the objects have been newsworthy either because they advance what design can do or because they reveal truths about how we live. But how do we ensure what we are collecting is the right thing to collect and who should decide? In some ways, that can be dictated by the overall mission of a museum. For example, in the case of V&A, their rapid response collecting is very much through the lens of design and manufacturing, and they go as far as to say the object needs to be newsworthy. Well, this certainly applies to our recently collected repeal banners at the NMI, but how do you measure future newsworthiness? One would perhaps expect the same clarity of discipline to apply when thinking about a medical or a scientific museum or collection. Surely we know what the standout object is, which will be the crucial piece in telling the story of a particularly significant period of technological advancement. Actually, it may not always be that easy, as a recent online discussion between Stephen Lubar of Brown University and Thomas Soderquist of the Medical Museum in Copenhagen demonstrates. Their conversation was in response to a blog by curator Carlene Stevens of the National Museum of American History, where she discusses the risky business of acquiring contemporary objects, in particular, a 2005 self-driving car called Stanley. To cut a long story short, Soderquist makes the point that if museums really think of contemporary collecting as being in the business of making educated guesses on what will be a future historic milestone, their argument is basically flawed 
and therefore a major obstacle for developing good practice for contemporary collecting. The flaw being the presumption that museums engage in collecting in order to preserve tomorrow's historic milestones. Soderquist goes on to argue that collecting has and always will be serendipitous and driven by the object in its present context, not only its future relevance. Lubar, however, counters this by noting that there is a risk attached to contemporary collecting for museums, and that risk involves investment, choices, and the opportunity cost of not collecting something else. And also crucially, when as museums we collect, we tend to collect forever. We rarely have plans to deaccession an object at the point of collection. So where does that leave a national museum with an eclectic and in many cases globally outstanding collection built up over centuries and spanning disciplines? At the National Museum of Ireland, it's estimated that we currently only have about 1% of our total collection on display. And on that basis, how can we make decisions about the Bosco mug, the flag from the recent papal visit, the next referendum campaign, and who should make these decisions? Returning to the start, perhaps this is where we need to think of our museums in the context of a wider group of museum organisations. What might be critical to the collection of a national museum will be different from a local or a county or a city museum. And our curators and our public do not have to collect in isolation. We can hold the unique one in a million objects and also make space for the banner or the flag that tells a special story of a particular time. One project the National Museum of Ireland is involved with, ICANN, is a wonderful local digital archive project, which works with local communities, enabling them to build their own digital archive on a shared platform. Finally, and perhaps controversially, the question maybe should not be about our collections policy at all, but actually on the process of deaccessioning. If we collect contemporary objects, should we have a policy of five to ten years which allows us to reevaluate those objects and their newsworthiness or their relevance to the collection? Would that be sufficient to reduce the perceived risk? At the National Museum of Ireland, we are establishing a working group on our rapid response collecting and what the parameters of that will be. And I look forward to continuing this discussion with my colleagues, the community and our broader stakeholders. And hopefully some of the thoughts here have sparked ideas and thoughts for you too on contemporary collecting at our National Museum. Thanks for listening to To Preserve and Protect Contemporary Issues in Irish Cultural Heritage, a podcast series from the Royal Irish Academy, funded by the Heritage Council. This podcast series was produced by Real Smart Media. To listen back to other episodes in the series, check out our page on the Royal Irish Academy's website at ria.ie.